0: this morning from the book of 1 Corinthians, and if you have your Bible, we're going to be reading from the 1 Corinthians chapter 20, beginning verses 31 and on. Amen. When you have, when you're there, you just say amen. 1 Kings twenty thirty one and 39 to 39. All right. <clears throat> it says, then his servant said to him, Look now, we have heard that the kings of the house of Israel are merciful kings. Please let us put sackcloth around our waist and ropes around our hands and go out to the king of Israel. Perhaps he will spare your life. So they wore sackcloth uh, around the waist and put ropes around their heads and came to the king of Israel and said, Your servant, Benadad." Says, please let me live, and he said, "Is he alive? He is my brother." Now the men were watching closely to see whether any sign of mercy would come from him, and they quickly grasped at his word and said, "Your brother Benadad." So he said, "Go bring him." Then Benadad came out to him, and he and he had come, and he had come up into the chariot. So Benadab said to him, "The cities which my father took from your father, I will restore, and you may set up marketplaces for yourself in Damascus." And my father did in as my father did in Samaria. And Hahab said, "I will send you away with this treaty." So he made a treaty with him and sent him away. Now a certain man of those sons of the prophet said to his neighbor, "By the word of the Lord, strike me, please." And the man refused to strike him. Then he said to him, Because you have not obeyed the voice of the Lord, surely as soon as you depart from me, a lion shall kill you. And as soon as he left him, a lion found him and killed him. And he found another man and said, Strike me, please. So the man struck him, inflicting a wound. Then the prophet departed and waited for the king by the road and disguised himself with a bandage over his eyes. Now as the king passed by he cried out to the king and said, Your servant went out into the midst of the battle, and there a man over over and and a man came over and brought a man to me and said, Guard this man, if by any means he is missing, your life shall be for his life or else you shall pay a talent of silver. Father in Jesus' name I thank you. For your mercy, Lord, your love towards us. God, thank you for meeting us here this morning, Lord. I ask God that you would help me. I want to be a vessel useful this morning. Help me, Lord, to share your word, I pray, God. I ask, Lord, that you would confirm it, Father, in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You may be seated <clears throat> this morning. <clears throat> Ahab's failure to obey God in slaying all the enemies of the Lord resulted in further wars with the same nations. The result of an incomplete consecration is always incomplete victory. Amen? The Bible tells us of a time in the nation of Israel of a man by the name of Ahab, Ahab. Uh, which later on became the king of the nation of Israel. Amen? This was not a righteous man. In fact, he was a very, very wicked man. He, we see in the Bible that he marries a woman by the name of Jezebel. And at her wooing, led God's people into idolatry. She was so bent on leading God's people back uh, to idolatry, that he w- she would order the slayings of the prophets of God, amen, so that, that, would, that preach truth. And it was during Ahab's reign that Abinadad, uh, the king of Syria, gathers against Israel, along with the large army comprised of 32 kings and their armies. Uh, what a time to be ruled by a king, like Ahab, amen? It was uh, it was a very slim hope of survival for this nation, but God in His mercy sends a prophet with such a relieving and a gracious message, guaranteeing that Ahab would have the victory. I don't understand fully, but I believe God loved His people so much that He said, I don't care so much about Ahab. I I, I really care about my people. Amen. Suddenly a prophet approached Ahab, king of Israel, saying, Thus says the Lord, Have you seen all the great multitude? Behold, I will deliver it into your hand today, and you shall know that I am the Lord. So Ahab said, By whom? And he said, Thus saith the Lord, by the young leaders of the provinces. Then he said, Who will set the battle in order? And he answered, you. So who was going to get the ball rolling? It was going to have to be Ahab. And so when God ever promised us something, it is our duty to believe and take action upon it. Amen. <clears throat> we do not need to sit down and expect for Things to happen, amen. So when God ever makes a promise to you, we got to make preparations, amen. That's why uh, we we decided to have small groups, amen. So we could, we're preparing uh, an, an atmosphere for people to come into the church, and uh, we, there's got to be preparation. We can't just sit there and fold our hands and expect for any, for for God to fulfill His word, amen. Uh, <clears throat> so. Now was God honoring Ahab's wickedness? We see that He wasn't. Amen. God God still had a people, and He still had a promise that He had made to Abraham. And God never forgets His promise. So the mere fact that Ahab was spared the first time was because God was faithful and to God's people. Amen. And so in the in the history of the nation of Israel, God made a promise to Abraham, and he, and and so to that very day, he was still uh, uh, fulfilling his promise. Amen. So now, Abinadad and at, uh, at, and his thirty-two kings were drinking, celebrating the victory that supposedly they were going to win. They were sure of themselves. Everyone in the command post was absolutely floored. <laughs> Amen? So First Kings 20, 16-19. So they went out at noon. Meanwhile, Benadad and the 32 kings helping him were getting drunk at the command post. The young leaders at the, of the provinces went out first. And Benadad sent out a patrol, and they told him, saying, Men are coming out of Samaria. So he said, If they have come out for peace, take them alive. And if they have come out for war... Take them alive. Uh, 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 yeah. Uh, then these young leaders of the provinces went out of the city with the army, which which followed them, and each killed his man. And so the Syrians fled, and Israel pursued them. And Benadad, the king of Israel of Syria, escaped on a horse with the cavalry. One year later, Benadad returns with his army. God once more grants God's people victory. This time, Ben-Hadad does not escape. He finds himself in the city of Aphek, uh, which was under control of Israel at that time. Sensing that there was no escape, he sends his servants unto Ahab and begs for mercy. It was not usual at this time uh, for a captured leader of the opposing army. It was usual, I'm sorry, for uh, at this time for a captured leader of the opposing, ar- opposing army to be put to death. And Ahab needed to destroy Ben-adad, and his battles with and, and his battles with him would be forever gone. The Lord had given Israel victory and what a victory it was. Now it was left to the king of Israel to complete the victory by putting to death the king of Syria. But Ahab was deceived. So in this story we see a nation uh, uh thirty two nations you could say it was thirty two kings gather against and declare war against uh Ahab Now we know that ahab wasn 't such a a righteous king. we know that he was a pushover and he kind of d- did whatever uh, uh the, the the nations were doing he he didn't have much. Backbone, you can say, man. His wife uh, was uh, uh, was uh, uh, Jezebel, and she she wasn't brought up in truth. She wasn't brought up under the Jewish uh, Jewish. Religion. She wasn't. She was, uh, uh, in fact, she was brought up by pagan religion, and so we see that uh, that Ahab decides to marry this this woman, and uh, going uh, completely against what was in Scripture. And so uh, we see that that at this time, that as uh, as the nations are gathered up against him, God in His mercy decides. To spare Ahab and, uh, and, and give him the victory. Now after uh, he was given the victory, it was up to the king to finish off the victory. Amen. And so the title of this message is Ahab, you should have finished him off. You should have finished him off. The real Binadad, When servant uh, I'm talking about the real Binadad right now, because whenever he goes to him, it's, uh, the, he goes in sackcloth and he goes in in, in in a humble manner. He sends his servants, and and so his servants go over and uh, and 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 they are pleading. And the first thing they ask Ahab is, "Let my king live." <laughs> and so they go in sackcloth. So. This meant that, that this was usually the attire of a mourner. This was usually what mourners did. This, this kind of represented, uh, humility. And so whenever, whenever Ahab, whenever, uh, uh, Whenever these servants of Binadad go to go to Ahab, they're dressed in this attire, and it appears as though they repented for what they've done against the nation of Israel. And we see that Ahab uh, that they were they have was so moved and, 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 and uh pardons Benadad and then calls him brother. <laughs> and so this didn't sit very good with God this did, this this didn't sit so so well with god and so it, and you know Ahab might have thought that he was doing the right thing by by being merciful by pardoning by by you know I think I'm, I think I'm going to I'm going to wear the robe of a good guy you know I'm going to I'm going to spare this king I'm not going to I'm not going to destroy him I'm not going to kill him amen and so this cost Ahab a whole lot <laughs> and so I want to I want to talk about how Ahab was deceived, and so uh, it appears that Benedict, uh, uh Ahab that, that 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 the servants of Benadad were were sorrow, they expressed sorrow for coming against Israel. They came with ropes on their heads, as though they were confessing that needed to be hung. So whenever they showed up with these ropes, they were saying, you know, we deserve to be hung. Amen, and so. It is important to note that the very first thing that came out of the mouth of uh, was a plea for Benadad's life. So somehow uh, they were able to change the image of this wicked leader in the mind of Ahab. And so, however, we see that Ahab uh, gets gets uh, Ahab uh, gets deceived and pardons him. I want to talk. I want to, if we go a little bit back, I wanted to describe to you using the Bible the real Binadad. Amen. Now ben the king of Syria, gathered all his forces together. Thirty-two kings were with him with horses and chariots. And when he went up and besieged Samaria and made war against it, and sent messengers into the city of Ahab, king of Israel, and said to him, Thus says ben Your silver and your gold are mine. Your loveliest wives and children are mine. And the king of Israel answered and said, My lord, O king, as you say... I and all that I have are yours. Then the messengers came back and said, Thus thus speaks Benadad, saying, Indeed I have sent to you, saying, You shall deliver to me your silver and gold, your wives and your children. But I will send my servants to to you tomorrow about this time, and they shall search your house and the houses of your servants. And it shall be that whatever is pleasant in your eyes, They will put in the hands and take it. So the king of Israel called all the elders of the land and said, Notice, please, and see how this man seeks trouble. For he sent to me for wives, my children, my silver, my gold. And I did not deny him. And all the elders and all the people said to him, Do not listen or consent. We get a picture of a very confident Benadad. Amen. We get uh, we get a picture of a of a Benedad that was so sure of himself that uh, he decided to go to King of a- King Ahab and, and and bully him, Amen. Uh, it, it, and and it seems like uh, we also get a picture here of a pushover king. <clears throat> Ahab wilted under the bands and in, in a seemingly hopeless situation, he agrees with Benadad and utters the words, "My Lord." Oh, King, just as you say, I and all I have is yours. And I just want to tell somebody there is no, never a situation so hopeless where you give up into the hands of your adversary. There is never, there's nothing that can pin you up against the wall where you have to give up into the hands of your adversary. Amen. Do not give up on your children. Do not quit praying for your children. Do not quit praying for your city. Do not give up on your ministry. Do not give up on what God called you to do. Listen to me. I'm preaching here to myself for a little while, amen, because there's things, I've, I've made mistakes, and there's things that about me that are just quirks, and that I, I'm upset, and sometimes the enemy comes into my mind, and he tries to focus my attention on what I am not and what I don't have and what I'm not connected with and he tries to discourage me to the point that I nearly want to throw in the towel you're not seeing revival listen to me the voices of deception are out there and they want to destroy whatever future God has for you but I come to tell you this morning don't give up on what God called you to do You made a mistake. You get back up and you keep on walking. Well, I don't know if God can forgive me. You must not have faith in the blood of Jesus Christ. For the blood of the Lamb has power to forgive every sin. Don't let the adversary push you up against the wall and give in your ministry. Don't let the adversary come bully you. Listen, the adversary wants your children, wants your loveliest wife, wants this and wants that. But it's up to us to give it over to him. I wonder if there's somebody in the building that's going to step up and say, I'm not giving you my family. I'm not giving you my ministry. I'm not giving you my church. I'm not giving you my future. There's never such a hopeless situation that you have to give anything up. Ahab was a pushover. So he says... Everything I have, you want my coat? You want my, you want my slacks? You want, well, you want, you, what do you want? I'll give it over to you. He was just a pushover. He just, he didn't have no backbone in him. I think it's time for life church, amen, to develop a backbone so strong. I believe there ought to be a backbone in every in every saint of God there is in this building. Amen. I think we all got to be stubborn at times and say, you know what? I'm praying. I'm praying. I don't see my brother. I don't see my family. But we got to develop a backbone and say, you know what? I'm not going to quit praying. I'm not going to quit fasting. I'm not going to quit reading my word. There's got to be a determination within the heart of every believer not to give up. There's got to be a determination in the heart of every saint of God that they will see everything that God promised them they were going to see. It was only until Ahab began a fight that God would bring the victory. Listen, it is only... It is only when we decide to fight that God's going to give the victory, man. I believe there's some battles that God wants us to engage in. And he wants us to get the victory. He wants to give us the victory. But he just, he's just waiting on us to engage in battle. So who's going to go and fight? Who's going to start this? Ahab, you are. And as soon as Ahab did, God showed up and gave him the victory. (sighs) Never give up the good fight. Continue believing. Amen. Ben and Dad became prisoner, and his servants, which were prior, were making demands. Uh, His servants, which were prior, making demands. Now we're seeking for mercy. Although there are moments of extreme danger in the heat of the battle, there are also dangerous moments after a great victory. Everybody that went to NYC, I believe some of you came back with tremendous victory. Don't let off on the pedal. Amen. Don't let off. Don't, is this, it's not right now. It's not time. God, if God granted you victory because you went to NYC and God did a powerful thing, it is not time to come back and let off on the gas. Amen. It's time to keep that foot in the pedal. It's time to continue going forward. Amen. If God granted you victory, stay steady. Continue walking. Amen. Continue praising. <clears throat> Carelessness, complacency, and compromise can quickly forfeit the gains of the battle and turn our victories into defeat. Amen. I want to turn our attention to Benedad's uh, request here for a little bit. It says, let's look at Benedad's request. Your servant Benedad says, please let me live. Aside from what the sackcloth and ropes on their heads indicated, messengers quickly convey the objective of the Syrian king, let me Live, Benadad had fallen from his high horse, and his life had become living proof of what Solomon was said. Pride goeth before destruction, and in a haughty spirit before the fall. As a prisoner, he could not trust in the mercy, he he, he could only trust in the mercy of Ahab. Benadad had disguised himself in traits that he did not really possess, just to save his life. In other words, he was acting humble, and lowly as, the, and he was, and he was, he was uh, forfeiting his, uh, his his pride because he he wanted to save his hide. <laughs> he said, "Man, if I start bowing up, I'm a prisoner. I start bowing up, start acting crazy, start demanding. This guy might just kill me." <clears throat> In spiritual symbolism of the Bible, man Benadad is easily comparable to the sinful nature the carnal nature amen paul taught us that if we live to the flesh we will die uh, but if we live uh, but if we but if we mortify put to death uh, the deeds of the body we shall live the only situation the only solution in the, in defeating our carnal desires of our sinful nature is death amen the test of our faith occurs when, in turning to God and obeying His plan of salvation, we are given authority over the nature of the sin of our flesh. Of the nature of sin in our flesh, when our flesh realizes that the dominant position has been replaced by the Spirit of God, the carnal nature will plead for its life. It promises to remain faithful. And to never challenge the spirit for control. And these, as we know, are false promises that must be rejected by us. Listen, folks, Benadad has got to be put to death if we want to remain a a victorious people in our spiritual life life benedad is not our brother amen carnality is not our brother sinful nature is not our brother amen all sin and all carnality wants to do is want to rob you of your ministry all sin and and and, and all sin amen wants to do is want to rob you of the future that god has in store for you amen so the, the enemy's greatest allies is sin and your flesh and so we can't call Binadad our brother, amen? How quickly did Ahab forget the horrible threats and war Israel fought with Israel, with Syria, amen? We see Ahab deceived by this humble appearance and was so moved and granted pardon and proclaimed a brotherly friendship. The servant's message, the mission was successful. Soon he was courting with the man that had threatened to kill him and take everything for him from him. Amen. He, he and then we notice this didn't sit well with God. This displeased God. The fact that he put part in the king was, was was God is absolutely displeased. Amen. And so I want I want to read uh first Kings twenty forty two. Then he said, Thus says the Lord, because you have let slip out of your hand a man whom I appointed to utter destruction. Therefore your life shall go for his life and your people for His people. God has delivered us both from sin of, the, of, of sins of the flesh and of the Spirit. We must always remember that the enemies of whom the Lord had delivered us continue to be our enemies. Amen? Romans 7.23 says, But I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind, and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin which is in my members. O wretched man that I am, who who would deliver me from this body of death? I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So in this scripture we see a Paul frustrated with the law of sin that was also warning his members. Amen. And, and, he, and he, when we see a, a frustrated Paul, he wanted to do right. He wanted to live for God. He wanted to please God. He wanted to do the will of God. He wanted to stay submitted to God. But there was something inside of him that was trying to get him to, the, go, to become a captive. And so he says, oh, wretched man that I am, who can deliver me from this body of death? And then he says, I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord, the only thing, the only one that can save us and deliver us from the, from sin and help us to overcome and to live an overcoming life is the power of the Holy Ghost. And if you're in this building and if you yet not receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, God can give you the baptism of the Holy Ghost so you can too live an overcoming life. You don't have to be subject to sin. You don't have to be subject to all kinds of oppression, depression. You don't got to be subject. God can give you the victory. Listen, the only force that can give you victory over your carnal nature is the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And the Bible says that if anybody man thirsts to come unto him, so if you need it, God can grant you it. uh, And God can give you that power that you need uh, so you can live for him in overcoming life. Listen, folks, you don't got to live uh, as, as a Christian on your own. It's too hard. But God can infuse you with something so powerful that can help you to live a life that absolutely pleases Him. Perhaps the best way to understand this is by comparing the law of sin to the law of gravity. Amen. When mama bird nudges the young bird out of the nest, he encounters the law of gravity for the very first time. So whenever mama decides to go boop, that bird has got to begin to flap. Why? Because the law of sin, I mean the law of nature, uh, uh the yeah, the law of gravity is wanting to pull that bird down to the ground. So the Bible talks about the law of sin. Amen. Uh this law is universal and with the and with universal results, it is always pressing, always pulling things down to the surface of the earth the young bird will struggle against gravity until after much effort it finally reaches to the place where he has learned how to overcome the law of gravity so when this little bird jumps off the nest you know he starts beginning to flap he's got to if not if he doesn't he's going to fall to the ground so he's got to put effort into this, amen. He's got to exert effort into flapping and, and making sure that he doesn't fall to the ground. Finally, he learns how to pick up speed and how to pick up uh, momentum. And then he starts flying and then he starts gliding, amen. He has learned how to overcome the law of gravity, amen. Uh, This bird has just learned how to overcome the effects of it. it. If at any time while he's flying, he decides to fold his wings. Boom, he's going straight to the ground. Amen. So I just want to tell somebody, don't stop flapping. You might not know everything that there is to live for God, but don't quit praying. Don't stop flapping. Don't start pray. Don't start praying. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Read your word. Keep on flapping. Don't give up. Amen. You might not know everything the ins and out, and I don't know everything the ins and out about God. I still have yet a lot to learn about God, and I still and I believe I know very little about God. Amen. And so what I do, I just keep flapping. I just keep reading. I just I want to learn how to live an overcoming life. The moment we quit, the moment we stop, amen, we're going to go straight to the ground. The moment we quit praying, the moment we quit fasting, the moment we quit reading this word, amen, we're going to go straight nose-diving into the ground. So what do we do? We just keep flapping. Well, I don't know how to pray. You just keep on flapping until you learn how to overcome. And releasing, Benedict Ahab had displeased the Lord and set the stage for his own death and a defeat for the army of Israel. And perhaps one of the greatest reasons why I love reading and teaching from the Old Testament and preaching from the Old Testament, as a matter of fact, every time I, 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 I go into the Old Testament, I, I look for things that I can apply to my personal life. And, some, and there's times where God meets my need and I'm using the Bible, using stories. And so then what I do is I, I apply those stories and and so there's times there was a time where I got discouraged seeing numbers that were very small, and the the Lord spoke to me. He said, I can save by many and I can save by few. It only took Jonathan and an armor bearer to bring victory, amen, and so I love I enjoy reading the old testament and 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 all these these war stories and all these stories in the, in, the, in the old testament and from there and in the old testament there 's also parables where we, which we can learn uh, which you can learn spiritual principles amen and so a living parable in the Bible is a short story illustrating some spiritual truth, perhaps uh, uh, now I want to read from the uh-huh. from 1 kings chapter 35 cuz i want to i want to i want to talk about what what end up happening to to Ahab now a certain man of the sons of, of the prophets said to the neighbor by the word of the lord strike me please and the man refuses to strike him then he said to him because you have not obeyed the voice of the lord surely as soon as you have as you have not obeyed the voice of the lord sh- uh, Surely as soon as you have de- depart from me, I'm sorry, a lion will kill you. And as soon as he left him, a lion found him and killed him. And he found him another man and said, strike me, please. So the man struck him, inflicting a the wound. Then the prophet departed and waited for the king by the road and disguised himself with a bandage of, uh, over his eyes. Now as the king passed by, he cried out, to the king and said your servant went out into the midst of the battle and there a man came over and brought a man to me and said guard this man if by any means he is missing your life shall be for his life or else you shall pay a town of silver while your servants was busy here and there he was gone then the king of Israel said to him so shall your judgment be and you yourself have decided it and he hasted and took out the bandages from his eyes and the king of Israel recognize him as one of the prophets. Then he said to him, Thus says the Lord, because you have let slip out of your hand a man whom I appointed to utter destruction, therefore your life shall go for his life and your people for his people. So as soon as Ahab pronounced judgment, the prophet took off his eyes and stuff from his eyes and he said, Now listen here, Ahab, because you have done so Your life now is for his life. Kind of what Ahab, I mean, kind of what the Lord, what Nathan did to David, amen? He just kind of, he he let them just put the noose on their neck, amen? And so uh, we see the first part of the story, we see a neighbor refusing to smite the prophet. Seemed like a good gesture, but it was still disobedience to the command of the Lord, for the prophet was speaking in the word of the Lord. Amen. Obedience is not optional with God. Uh, 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 obedience is not optional with God, regardless of the circumstances. Disobedience always will bring the wrath of God. Disobedience seems to be the mark of our generation. We see that the prophet then finds another person. There will always be one. That will obey. We cannot have God on our terms. We must conform to His. There is no, well I think it should be like this. Or I think it should be like that. I don't know if the Bible really says that. I don't think the Bible really says that. God will always honor his word and he will honor his word before he honors ours amen god will always have a church a people that will conform to his will and it is up to us to be part of that people amen after the prophet was wounded by the second man we see him disguising himself maybe so he wouldn't be recognized by ahab we see him waiting for ahab by the roadside we should not uh, we should we should note that God's reaction to Ahab's failure was immediate. The prophet presents the case of the wounded soldier asking for mercy. For the for the rulers of warfare would have for the rules of warfare would have been well known. However, the king did not pardon the uh, the offender. He referred to the law without mercy. So, in the story, we see that the prophet goes over to uh, the goes over to. To, to Ahab, and, 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 and he disguised himself, and, and it seems as though in the story he was lying, but there was no deceit. He was just really trying to show Ahab, reveal to Ahab what he had done, and so he, he conjures up this story, and in this story, he reveals, uh, we see that Ahab falls to his own demise, and he casts judgment, amen, and, 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 and this, is, this is astonishing, because he had more pity and more mercy on a pagan king, than he did on an Israeli soldier. Listen, folks, it all starts with our family. It starts with our people, amen. Does it do us no good to want to win the world, amen, and, and neglect our family? We ought to love our family. We ought to care for our family. We ought to take care of one another. We ought to love one another, amen. But we see Ahab showing mercy to a pagan king. And we see, we see that he showed more mercy than an Israelite soldier in this story. And so uh, we see Abraham uh, giving uh, rigid adherence to the laws of the armies. Amen. Uh, perhaps God would have changed Ahab's story if he would have answered differently. Perhaps it would have been looked over. I don't know. But perhaps, But since he decided to show mercy to a pagan king, the Lord pronounced uh, a judgment upon, upon him. Uh, after this, we see the tragic death of Ahab. Amen. Three years later, we see Ahab going into battle one more time with the with the syrian army and before he goes into battle after the prophet has spoken and he had already uh, declared the judgment of ahab he thought he could thwart that he thought that he could uh, somehow bypass what was already prophesied and so, three years later, we see in the in, in the chap, chapter chapter twenty two of the Book of Kings, where he goes into where he goes to battle, and he arrays himself as one of the common soldiers. He doesn't go into battle as a king. He goes into battle as a regular soldier. And so, whenever he's in, in, going into battle as a regular soldier, out of nowhere, the Bible says <laughs> he was struck. God will always fulfill that which he had promised. He might have, he he tried to thwart it. He tried to change it. He said, man, you know what, I'm going back to battle with this king, but I already know it was prophesied over me. I was told, listen, whenever the man of God speaks something to your life, the man of God tells you, gives you direction, you follow that direction. Don't try to change it after God had, had already given you instruction. It might not turn out very good for you. And so we see, we see, uh, we see, we see in scripture that because he failed to kill Binadad the second time, Benadad didn't have too much mercy and, co- and killed. Ahab have the third, the third time. As the musicians come, I, I want to bring this to a close. <clears throat> This morning I want to I want to I want to close the sermon by making a call. See, we were called to live a righteous life. We were called to live holy life. We were called to live a consecrated life. Amen. And after 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 uh we repented and God gave us the Holy Ghost, God put in the nature that, that God put in his part of his nature in us. And so Uh, The other nature, just like Binadad, is pleading for its life. (laughs) And it's calling, pleading to Ahab, saying, I want to be spared, don't kill me. (laughs) Amen? And so that will always be the struggle as long as we live on the face of this earth. And it's up to us. To let Binadad live or put that sucker to death. And so, in closing, I want to make an altar call. And I want to read a portion of scripture before I do. Because I believe somebody can leave out of this place with the victory in their life. Amen. Listen, you don't got to leave this place defeated. God can aid you just like he did Ahab into giving you victory over your battles. Galatians 5 16 says I'm sorry 19 now the practice of the sinful nature are clearly evident I'm reading from the amplified they are sexual immorality impurity so this is the acts of the flesh or the practices of our sinful nature sensuality total irresponsibility lack of self-control idolatry sorcery Hostility, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, disputes, dissensions, fact- uh, factions that promotes heresies, envy, drunkenness, riotous behavior, and other things like these. I warn you beforehand, just as I did previously, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now folks, I did not read from my notes and I did not read out of my own Bible amen and so this morning i don't know what you might be battling with maybe ahab is run loose in your life i mean maybe uh, Benadad is run loose in your life and maybe you just let things just get too out of hand in your life jealousy might has got a hold of you hatred fits of anger lasciviousness, sexual morality, you might not have it under control. Today, God can give you the victory that you need. Today, God can give you, if you decide to put Benedict to death, God can give you the victory. Listen, folks, every, the Bible says that the wages of sin is death. We can't go on life sinning or thinking or having a pet sin and thinking that everything is going to be all right. We can't baby our sinful nature and expect for everything to be alright in the future. We see in the story it caused ben- Ahab's life because he didn't kill I mean it caused Ahab's life because he didn't kill Binadad. If he would have killed ben- Dad, he he uh, he uh, he would it would have been a whole entire different story. So we can't Keep, well, I, I, I think this is all right. I don't know. This is too much sin. If it's contradicting the scripture, it's not worth you engaging in it. Amen. It's gonna cost you. See, look. God has promises for us, and God has a prosperous uh, has a prosperous future for us. But we can forfeit everything that God has for us if we continue to hold on to Benidad. You're called to preach. You kill Benedad. You're called as gift and intercession. Amen. You kill Ben-A-Dad. You're called to anything in the kingdom of God. You're called. You kill Ben-A-Dad. Amen. How many of us want to forfeit whatever God has for us just because we want to indulge in a little bit dib and dabble, just in a little bit of sin? Listen, folks, it's not worth it. God has a lot more for us. I want to speak to the young people for just a little while. Listen, I I didn't grow up in church, and a lot of y'all know that. Where are the young people at? And I know that this world is trying to pull at you and it's trying to get your attention. It's trying to present itself as something pretty. It's trying to present itself as something that worth to, worthwhile, uh, getting involved in. It's trying to present to you things that, that might be pleasing to your sight. And, 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 and it's trying to present to you things that, oh, well, you know, uh, it's really not all that bad over here on this side of the fence. But I've been on the other side of the fence. I know what it is to be strung out. I know what it is to live a promiscuous life. I know what it is to to engage in, in all kinds of crazy things, amen. And nothing good ever really came out of that. All it did was just leave me void and hopeless. So when God in his mercy decided to come step into my life he presented me an opportunity to do away with all of that for what he has. And listen to me folks, I've I thank God so much that he did that for me, amen. And I cannot imagine where my life would be at today if I would never surrendered to the will of God, amen. And I thank God every day for it because I have a wonderful, wonderful life. I might not have all the riches in this world, but I sleep under a good home, I got food on the table. I have a beautiful wife. I have, I have this. I have that. I have an awesome job. I have, I have. I don't lack anything. On the other hand, this world promised you so much, but always comes out short. Comes up short. This world promised you security. This world promised you that everything's gonna be all right. Amen. It always promises and promises but it never delivers it always wants to we if, if you just go a little bit further I got it for you if you just go a little bit further it's right here I got it for you if you just go a little bit further I got it for you but it never delivers but I'm so thankful for a God that when he says, repent, be baptized, every one of you, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you shall receive the Holy Ghost, he delivers. He comes through, through his, to his word, amen. He, ob- he is obligated to his word, amen. And if he promises peace, all you got to do is submit to him, and that peace of God will flow to your life. So today, you might, I don't know what you might be facing. I don't know what you might have the, uh, issues with, but you can leave this place delivered and you can leave this place with absolute victory in your life. You don't got to be, you don't got to be st- Stuck with lasciviousness, lust, anger, hate. Amen. You don't got to live a life like that. God can set you free from that life and you can expect and you can have a, 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 a peace and joy that this world cannot offer. So for a moment, I want to open up these altars and I want to invite somebody. Maybe you've just let your flesh just go just a little bit too much. Amen. But today, you want to decide to kill Binadad. Today, you say, you know what? Is enough, Is enough. I'm not going to live every which way. I'm going to be disciplined. I'm going to kill the flesh. I'm going to repent to, to all this uh, immorality. I'm going to repent to lasciviousness. And there's a God, the Bible says that we've confessed our sins. He is faithful and just to forgive us, not only forgive us, but to wash us. And whatever you came short in life in, God can restore you, forgive you, but absolutely wash it. And he will never remember it one more time. So as a musician's place, I'd like for us to pray. Come on, come on, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Let's put it to death. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's put our sinful nature to death. Let's repent. Let's repent. Father, forgive us. Come on. Hallelujah. God wants to be the king of the throne. God wants to be the king of the heart, the throne of your heart this morning. Come on.